If you're a Disney Plus subscriber and you're watching The Mandalorian, Jack and I have a podcast for you. Every week, we'll discuss the latest episode of The Mandalorian and talk about other great content and maybe some not-so-great content on Disney Plus as well. As two lifelong Star Wars fans, we have a ton of fun geeking out over all the little details of the show, and we want you to join us every Monday. So search for Disney Plus Reviews. That's Disney P-L-U-S Reviews. Hey, Phil, how about that, Baby Yoda? Baby Yoda says, What's the podcast? Hello, welcome to the Wobizzle Podcast for female freelancers and solopreneurs. I'm Michelle. And I'm Melissa. And we're here to help you thrive in a career where you set the terms. Let's get started. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 6 of the Wobizzle Podcast. Today's episode, Keep Politics, Religion, and the Great Pumpkin Out of Your Marketing Mix. (laughs) It's important. It's the best quote from Linus. There are three things I have learned to never discuss with people. Religion, politics, and the Great Pumpkin. And it has been a tough year for that, has has it not? Oh my gosh, this is such a divisive time. I mean, everybody has an opinion. Everyone. Yeah, it's true, but that doesn't necessarily mean everyone wants to hear your opinion. And it also doesn't mean that it's true that you should share your opinion, whether you know if they want to hear it or not. I mean, you really need to keep it to yourself. Yeah, I think it's really important I mean, it's it's so difficult because this year has been so full of so many polarizing issues, polarizing figures. We all are on edge because of the global pandemic. Uh, I know I feel like I am way more easily triggered than any other time in my life. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. We're all just going through a lot. And I think that it's, um, and, and everything is getting so divisive or it, and polarized. It's just, it's a challenging, challenging area to navigate because we are all starting to be so reactionary about things. It's very easy. We have access to all of these social tools that make it so easy Mm -hmm. to share every, every thought, every waking thought. Moment by moment. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, it's so important to, to really be cautious about that when it comes to what you're, what you feel personally and how you want to present your business. Right. And that's the key because how you feel personally is one thing, how you navigate the business world is another period. Yes, definitely. And we've seen some, we've seen people not even, I mean, we see that we see it happen a lot. Now we've seen over the past year or two, people who have made choices, said things, done things, and they've lost their jobs over it. Mm -hmm. They have uh, harmed their business, the brand of their business as a result. And I think it's just so important to remember that our lives are so very visible. Everyone is watching. Everyone, everyone can access your, if they want to try to find out more about you, they Mm -hmm. can find you online with few exceptions. Right. I mean, there are some people who don't have much of an online private presence, but in this field, it's important to be visible and to be connected with certain people and you just have to be very, 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 very mindful of what you put out there and how you portray it. And you've seen, you've seen situations where you've, I mean, you've been through situations where you have discovered something about someone when you're researching a company and it, it changed your mind about them. Oh my gosh. Yes. I mean, this all started for me really, really thinking about this. 
Uh, my husband came home before the pandemic when we could go places. Remember places? I remember places. <laughs> anyway, he came home raving about a new local restaurant. It was very small. They had an owner who was working really hard to make it just a really great place. The food was mm -hmm. good. The prices were good. And he was all about it. Mm -hmm. And the owner had done a lot of things right in his brief visit. The service was great. The atmosphere was great. The quality of the food was top notch. After he was served, the owner introduced herself, answered questions. She had it all down. Personal service, atmosphere, product, bam, bam, bam. Well, he was sold. I thought, well, I'll check it out before committing. Let me go check out their website. Uh -huh. First of all, mistake number one, they didn't have a website. Yeah. So oh, important. <laughs> so important. I mean, we could have a podcast post about that. Just Absolutely. the importance of a website. We probably should. Every small business or service professional must have a website before they open their doors. And then mistake number two, I went, you know, where's this? If you can't find a website, where do you go? Facebook. Mm -hmm. Well, her political agenda was flying free on her business Facebook page. On her business page? On her business page. In addition oh. to a couple of political posts, her business likes uh -huh. displayed several very polarizing national politicians. And it just alienated me immediately. And it wasn't necessarily because of who she chose to like, but because she had liked politicians on her business page. Mm -hmm. Yeah, It's a restaurant. It was a, you know, it was a small cafe. Mm -hmm. We don't need to go there. Right. If you're going to do that, you need to understand that you are potentially alienating clients and customers. I mean, unless you, unless all of your clients or customers are specifically aligned with your point of view and you know it to be true, mm -hmm. you're running a risk of alienating people who might do business with you because of your personal opinions on things. I think it's more than a risk. I mean, I think it's definite, especially right now when things are so polarized and everything has been politicized to the degree of ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I think if you make a stand, it is going to cost you business, whether it's a client that doesn't hire you or whether it's a you know client that decides to let you go. Mm -hmm. I think it will happen. Yeah. And so that's, it kind of comes down to either keeping your mouth shut or proceeding with extreme caution, because there may be times when there's something that you may need to, or you may feel obliged to let your voice be heard on. But not on your business page. Mm -hmm. it's just, I think on your business page, I think that there are different levels of making your voice heard. Mm -hmm. But I think on your business page, it needs to be all business. If you're a baker, you're going to talk about all things bakery. Or, mm -hmm. you know, really reach your audience where they are. Do they need something to go with that coffee? Make sure you're, on, you know, on their on their stops on their way to work or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't need to wade into presidential politics. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or really any any politics of any of any sort. No, no. I mean, unless it's a zoning issue that's going to affect the location where your business is sitting at this very moment in time, mm -hmm. let it let it go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think on your business page you need to be super super careful, and I think that on your personal page that that needs to apply as well. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I, well, I definitely think so. I I try to uh, I try to just stay out of it and definitely stay out of those discussions on LinkedIn. As a matter of fact, I got turned off recently. Uh, I had a contact on LinkedIn 
I was scrolling through my feed and LinkedIn is really kind of the no politics zone. It is pure it's a breath of fresh air. Yeah. It's exactly. a breath of fresh air. And so you really, they really, I think LinkedIn tries to keep it that way. And then LinkedIn users do too, because people get called out all the time. Someone will try to post something that's um, polarizing and political mm-hmm. in nature and people will just pile on and be like, get off of here, post it on Facebook. <laughs> Right. (laughs) Because people really do want it to be a professional place where we just don't, where we talk about business, where we, we, we promote our business. Making connections. Exactly. And where politics, we leave that at the door. And, uh, but I did see something uh, fly by and it wasn't something that he had posted, but it was something he had liked. Oh, we talked about this in our last podcast or was it the podcast before when we had Yeah. Yes, when we had Claire on, he uh, had posted, he had liked something that was very controversial and polarizing. And it made me feel like instantly I felt differently about him. I was like, why, why did he like that? Why this is not good. I do I want to do business with somebody who feels right. this way, you know, yeah, you, kind proved of thing. It. you proved it that impacted your perception of him, especially when it comes to doing business with him. It, You're not yeah, the only it, one who saw that. Exactly. Yes, it definitely did. It it was something I would rather not know about him. And, and that's what we have to remember when we're trying to build our businesses is if our clients and customers are, if their points of view extend beyond our narrow points of view, and I don't say that to be uh, diminishing anybody's point of view, but we all have our narrow points of view. We all have the things that we we, we are far less open-minded than we all feel we are. <laughs> but if we have, if there's anybody that we could potentially reach with our service or our products, our opinion doesn't matter to them. It's about the product and the, the service that we provide. For a number of years when, you know, Facebook was really kind of overtaking the world slowly. Mm-hmm. I always hesitated to have, when I would have clients that would personal friend request me. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because usually my Facebook page was pictures of my, you know, my dog or my kids, or it was personal. You know, it was something that I shared with my family and my close friends. Like mm-hmm. my daughter just graduated from high school or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was always hesitant to have my clients get that glimpse of my life. Not that it was polarizing or unprofessional or anything it was just personal Mm -hmm. but then you know on LinkedIn of course it's way different but on Facebook that that barrier is gone I mean your personal Mm -hmm. profile and your professional business page are pretty much one the same Mm -hmm. and a lot of people are just using their personal profile Mm -hmm. yes a lot of people in relationship uh, businesses you know businesses Uh that are dependent on relationships are just bypassing I don't need a business page I'm just going to friend my my potential clients and customers on my personal page and talk about my life and my business. Well, we saw a situation a while back, a couple months ago, both of us witnessed yeah, we it. We both saw it. Down. <laughs> yeah. We had a one of our mutual contacts a few months ago. The only way I know to describe it is she posted and it was it was more than one post. It was a couple in a row. It was a serious, yeah. Frenzied adrenaline rushed posts mm-hmm. that were that were polarizing and very political in nature that is and such a good way to put it <laughs> they were 180 degrees from my opinion which i don't have a problem with people who are 180 degrees from my opinion no i don't either 
But I, I think what bothered me about it, what made me feel differently about her after witnessing this was how she was responding to the people who disagreed with her. She it was very ugly. It was very ugly. And she is in a profession that is heavily reliant on relationships. Yeah. Heavily reliant. And we are and, in a small town. I mean, yeah. for all intents and purposes, we're yeah. in a mid-sized, mid-sized Midwest city. Yes. And yeah. And it, in my opinion, those posts did a lot of damage to her personal brand because mm-hmm. there, because up to that point, honestly, I'm not really friends with her in re- real life. We're Facebook friends and I know her on a professional level. I've worked with her on a professional level. I wouldn't, we've never had a coffee together. We've never gone for drinks or dinner together, that type of thing. So I don't, don't really consider her to be you know, a tight friendship. Uh, but definitely somebody that I knew on a professional level, and it tainted my view about what kind of professional she is. Right. And I, I hate that. I would have rather not known. Right. I would have rather not known. But now that I know, I can't unknow it. <laughs> right. And the result for me is that I wouldn't want to do business with her. And I wouldn't want to refer business to her. I mean, that's yeah. the real bottom line for me. And this wasn't and even a direct, this wasn't even a direct conversation. This was no. social media and it's damaged. We, we would be tertiary friends, you know, or tertiary right. associates. I mean, we have, we've both had limited interactions, but mm-hmm. interactions. So like I said, we're in a mid-sized Midwest city. Everybody doing business here knows everybody else. Prior to me seeing that series of posts on her personal Facebook page, I would have, I would have considered doing business with her and I would have considered referring business to her. So, I mean, it, it changed my view of her mm-hmm. as a result because of the way she was re- reacting to people who disagreed with her. And it was, I mean, it's just a combination of putting the, you put the polarizing co- content up there. You know, it's polarizing when you put it up there. You, you're right. not fooling anybody. This isn't, yeah. You, this isn't rocket science. It's, you it's know, alienating. You know, it's gonna, it's gonna cause some sparks. And then when the sparks happen, when you are just treating people just, just really inappropriately responding to people in a way that's going to turn people off. I mean, we were just witnessing it. I didn't dare. I didn't dare get involved in the conversation. I don't get involved in any conversations like that. No, 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 no. no. Because I cash red checks and blue checks. Right, exactly. I, I do check from people from all different faith backgrounds. I do mm-hmm. too. I do too. And I and then I I cash neutral, I guess gray checks that I don't even know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Gosh, I don't really. I know a couple of a couple of my clients. I know what their political affiliations are. It's never a problem. And there are there are people on both sides. But most of my clients, I have no, I have no idea. It never comes up. It's not relevant. It's right. not relevant to the work we're doing together. No. Therefore, it shouldn't be relevant to the way I market my business. Right. I'm with you. I mean, a couple of my clients I know, mm-hmm. um, but the majority, I don't have a clue. Mm-hmm. Not a clue. Yeah. I think that's the way it should be. Well, if you're if you're working with somebody to promote a widget, what does politics or religion have to do with that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And not that uh, I've ever promoted a widget, but I probably could. Maybe I should. 
trying to think if I've ever promoted a widget. Probably not. Well, I've done kind of, I've done a website where there were widget-like things. So perhaps <laughs> I have promoted a widget. I'm going to have to give this some thought. I'm going to have to look through my my portfolio. Have I promoted widgets? I think maybe I have. You probably have. I think so. I've <laughs> promoted so. a lot of things. So yeah, and I think that what we need to remember as solopreneurs and as freelancers, that we are essentially our brand. We are. Everything we do, everything we post, everything we share, everything we ret- retweet. Mm-hmm. Yes. Part of our brand. Everything we like. Everything we like. Yeah, that's a big one. I mean, you've really got to think about that when you're on LinkedIn, especially. Mm-hmm. Because, because that's yeah. really got your business put forward. Yeah. And there's not a ton of content because like I said, LinkedIn has kind of been this wonderful place that people leave politics at the door, but every once in a while there is something that's uh, controversial and, and political in nature. And, and yeah, if you get too reactionary, we're just so easily, it's so easy for us just to click that. Oh my gosh. You know? Oh yeah. I feel that way too. Click like. There's this mob mentality that mm-hmm. th- through this last political, you know, political cycle has just been unparalleled. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's really quite frightening because, yeah, like you and I were talking about before, we've had friends that we've had for years and didn't know their political affiliation. Yes, I have a group of friends I've known for thirty years, and that's we a have, long time. That's a long time, and we have done so much together. We all came from. Well, some of them went to high school together. I didn't, you know, I grew up somewhere else and we all kind of came together at this time based on a hobby, uh, canoeing and whitewater kayaking. And we spent so many days and nights on the river together. We've just, we've just been involved in each other's lives for 30 years. And up until the last eight to 10 years, I honestly didn't know anybody's political affiliations, not one. And about 10 years ago or so, one of one of the people started becoming very vocal. Mm-hmm. And then another one did. And then they kind of split off because what ended up happening is the rest of us realized that, well, we weren't even sure then. We these two these two folks uh made their political affiliations known and were just very vocal. And none of us, even if we felt that way, we didn't want to talk about it. We spent 30 years together having fun. Right, right. We, this is not this is not the next iteration of our of our friendship. Mm-hmm. So we're not we're not going there. <laughs> this this chunk of us is not going there. And I think probably none of us even there during that transition time even shared our political affiliations. And then at some point, you know, it starts to kind of emerge and bubble up just because of the things that have been going on in the world for the past few years. And, uh, but yeah, we didn't know it, it took 20 plus years for anybody to even out themselves as whatever, <laughs> whatever they right. were. Right. And your relationship built at a time, you know, your relationship with those people built at a time that is gone. I mean, it's because gone. you got to know each other organically, you got to know your likes, your dislikes, you got to share experiences. Now, if you're going to meet a person for a job or a project or whatever, you can get online. You can learn as much about them as you want to know, probably more than you want to know mm-hmm. because nobody, everybody shares everything. 
you're you're going to be jaded when you meet that person. Therefore, you might not ever develop the kind of relationship you have with these other people. Right. No, Mm -hmm. it's true. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're going to walk into a room and if you're loud and proud about your opinions online, you're going to walk into a room applying, you know, to work on a project or whatever, meet, meet a contact for the first time. And they're going to know way more about you than you would have said had you just walked into that room. Mm-hmm. You don't walk well, into a room and say, Hey, I'm Melissa. This is a, you know, my faith background. This is my, you know, political back, you know, this is how I feel whatever. about the great pumpkin. <laughs> right. This is how I feel about the great pumpkin. I mean, that's, that's way too much information. Nobody needs to know that all about you all at once. Nobody. It, it's true. And the reason, the, the reality is that if you are that vocal about those things online, anybody who's considering doing business with you, it's just, they're just a few keystrokes away from discovering that. And it may influence whether you get that meeting. Right. It might. If you're going to, you know, put your stake in the ground and you're going to say, aha, you know, this is where I am. You've got to be prepared for the pushback or the the fallout from that. I personally, if I take on a project or a client, my conversations with that person are around their project. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, personal conversations might be, you know, my daughter just graduated from college or just so-and-so just had a baby, you know, blah, blah, blah. Regular conversations. I don't say so. (laughs) Well, it, and, and that is, that's the way I, I do it as well. But it can be really tough now because in the past year or so, Ugh. there are things that have become political issues that should never have become political issues that, yeah, that have become lightning rods. And sometimes they do come up in conversations. It's just becoming more and more challenging to navigate, I think, without just kind of zipping your lip, just just not right. saying anything. But there are times, I mean, for example, this year has just been an incredible strange brew of social and political issues kind of merging. And I think it can just be difficult if you feel very passionate about something and you have a, a just a, a, a clear cut opinion on it to not raise your voice, I guess. Yeah. So it's, it's hard, but it's important. I mean, especially, especially, especially on LinkedIn and especially on your public facing, any public facing social media profile that you have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You just have to hold your breath, count to 10 and reframe. Yes. And there may be, especially at the local level or even at the state level. Sometimes I mean, I came out of the chamber industry. I worked in a chamber of commerce for about seven years. And, and so often there would be ordinances or uh, legislation at the state level Mm -hmm. that was going to impact business that would be perceived as political, obviously that you may want to get involved in as a business owner and so I thought maybe we go through a quick exercise because there sure. may be there may be like the, the the occasion when something hits at the local level that you feel I, like your business has a voice in. I have made my voice heard. Well, I don't know if anybody heard it, but I've made my opinion <laughs> known on some local and statewide issues because I figured that's where we really can make a difference. Mm-hmm. I think on the national stage, you know, I vote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
but I don't weigh in a whole lot. But on, on the local, especially if it's, you know, if your business is going to be directly impacted by something that's happening locally or statewide or your industry or your colleagues or whatever, that's a completely different situation, in my opinion. Yeah. And I think you still need to kind of apply some guidelines to how you act. I think first you need to, you need to proceed with caution. You need mm-hmm. to be thoughtful about the way you approach it. You need to ask yourself uh, what your stake is in it. If you right. have something, it, if you have a stake in it, you need to ask yourself what that is and then assess the risk and, and then make that decision of if and how you get involved so I would like to bring up the great pickle debate. Oh, the pickles. <laughs> as kind of a way to illustrate, illustrate maybe, maybe in a fun way. I hope it's, I hope it's fun. Totally uh, fun. How you might tackle the, basically the implications when, when you as a business uh, make a stand on something, kind of the implications you should consider and, and, uh, how you should approach with caution. So let's just say your city spring, let's just say spring patch proposes. (laughs) There's a proposed ordinance banning the use of pickles as a garnish on your hamburgers at restaurants. I like pickles. Right. Well, the latest polls show that it is a a very heated debate, very, (laughs) very controversial among local consumers. 51% support the ban. 49% 49% do not. They want their pickles. So if you're a business owner and you're in the pickle business, this is a deal, right? Right. Like you've got to be packing pickles. Yeah. If you're an artisan, a solopreneur, artisan pickler, maybe I you don't supply. I any sort of solopreneur, artisan picklers, I, but I'm sure there are some. I wish I did. I would be buying pickles. But say you say you are an artisan pickler and you supply pickles to restaurants across the city. You know, your all the hipster joints. You, you know, right. That, that's this ordinance would hurt your business, right? Right. Directly impact. Yes. But it's very controversial. 51% of consumers say no to pickles. 49% say they want pickles. Very controversial. You gotta be holding on to that 49% if you're a pickler. Right. But so if you're in the pickle business, if you're it it's gonna hurt your business you don't want to just get on your Facebook. You, you, you have a stake in it and you probably right. should raise your voice. You probably right. should raise your voice. As a pickler, now is the time. Right. But you don't want to just get on your business Facebook page and say supporters of this ordinance are jerks. No. Who don't know what a good burger tastes like. You don't want to say that. <laughs> I mean, pickles are a personal choice. Right. But- that, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, you might want a message about how how that how it's going to hurt your business right and that that might be the way that you message it i'll just say i don't know if i want to live in a community where i can't have a pickle on my billboard (laughs) right so like but for example if you're a restaurant in this scenario it becomes a little stickier because you've got people on both sides that might come into your restaurant and taking a side on the issue could could again hurt your business but you do have a stake in it because it's a regulation that you're right. going to have to follow. And customers who like pickles on their burger, if it passes, they might decide, well, I'm going to go to that little burger joint that's right outside the city limits where I can get pickles. So it could hurt your business. And I think, again, that's the message. It's not the people who support this are jerks. Right. It's- and that's the whole thing. Just because someone has a different opinion 
Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you're an awful person. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think we get so caught up, like, it just can be just so reactionary, just so reactionary. We get caught up in our emotions. Well, exactly. So if you're looking at the great pickle controversy, if you're a real estate photographer, you probably don't have a stake in this. Right. Exactly. And so you wouldn't want to, you wouldn't necessarily want to put your opinion out there on your business page about the pickle debate because you don't have a stake on it, Mm -hmm. in it. You do not have a stake in it. And therefore you're just raising controversy with all the risk involved. Making noise for noise's sake, right? Exactly. So yeah, that's kind of the, the way to illustrate it. Like when you determine what your stake is, if you have one, and proceed with caution, and then assess your risks and, and make your decision from there. But when in doubt, stay out. Yeah, sit it out. Just don't do it. Well, and, you know, we can all point point to examples. And I know one woman who her political opinion is very obvious, you know, and I'm personal friends with her on Facebook and it's very obvious. She is very much in her lane. I'm probably in the same lane that she is, but I don't chime in necessarily because I'm trying to keep my opinions quiet, you know, because I, like I said, I cash red checks and blue checks and gray checks and really whatever checks people want to send me, I'll cash them. <laughs> send the checks. We and I mean, and that being said, I'm not going to take on a project or something that directly conflicts with how I feel. I've turned projects down because they are in direct conflict with my personal opinions or feelings on certain matters. Mm-hmm. But if I'm promoting widgets, I really don't care who you voted for. Let's just talk right. about the widgets. So anyway, she stays in her lane and in her industry, I know that there's people in both lanes. Well, in any industry, there's people in both lanes. So is she limiting her client base to the lane that she's in? It depends on how, how, how deeply her heels are dug in. So yeah, if she's, if she's doing a lot of inflammatory polarizing messaging, yeah, I believe she is. And she is also in the relationship business. Yeah. So she is, she is basically making a, maybe a conscious or unconscious decision to limit the scope of her, Mm -hmm. her potential client base. Which is unfortunate because Mm -hmm. I know other people in her industry in the same community that don't go there Mm -hmm. and that are doing great. And I'm sure she's doing well too. She's been in, you know, at it for a super long time, Mm -hmm. but she could probably be doing better. Right. Oh, I'm sure. But it's probably too late would be my guess. Damage mm-hmm. is probably done to the probably. brand. Mm-hmm. Well, so how does how does your background play into all of this? I mean, I know that you've got a news background and news used to be different. A lot of news now is opinion. Mm-hmm. Tell, tell me how you feel about what's going on with just the polarization and everybody having an opinion. And ah. Well, you know, and I think I think the news business the state of the industry has a lot of responsibility in all of this. Yeah. I believe, I believe social There's media. There's a lot of culpability. Yes. I believe social media really is, is probably the biggest culprit because we tend to do things online and say things and react in different ways when there's a computer screen between us and the recipient of our mm-hmm. reaction than we would if we were 
well, definitely than we would if we were in the same room with them. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine? <laughs> like the, the example we used at the beginning, I could see her running into the room and screaming that in my face. Right. You know? Exactly. Exactly. So, so I think that that's the, the main culprit. I think that that has just kind of created this strange cultural, I don't know, this, this way of doing way of living our lives that, uh, that has really led us down this road. I think though, also for sure, when I was in the news business, we, it was local news. And I think national news was still kind of playing the same, uh, by the same rules at that time. But when we walked into the newsroom, you, you had to leave your biases at the door. That didn't mean you didn't have opinions. Right. Because nobody is completely impartial. Everybody has opinions, but just like a judge has to leave his or her opinions at the door and, and approach that case purely on the law. That was how it was when I was in, in journalism is, is that you left your biases at the door and then yeah. everything you did that day to deliver the news to your audience, you had to recognize your biases. Mm-hmm. Every word that you wrote, you recognized, well, I feel this way about it, but what are the facts? Right. And to recognize them and step around them and, and do your job and deliver, deliver your, your information in the most impartial way possible, delivering both sides of the story as completely fairly accurately as, as possibly. And I think we've lost that. I mean, I don't think I know. we. (laughs) I was going to say what, well, you know, I had to deal with that. My background was print journalism and I had to deal with that too. And I remember a couple of times, just a couple where I had a stake in it. Like I knew, I knew my bias. I could see it. And I would tell my editor when I turned it in, like, I'm a little attached to this one. I need you to make sure that my bias isn't coming through, you know, because you had to, you had to report the facts. There were two sides to every story and it was your job to tell them both. Exactly. Yeah. And to, yeah. And to just be, to be accurate, to be fair. Mm -hmm. And I always felt good. I always felt great. Actually, we would get calls. The newsroom, we used to get calls. That was back before email and, and the olden days. Yes. And people would call if they were upset. They never called to tell you great job. They never, I say never less than 5% of the time you would get a call that said you did a great job. But, uh, most of the time, if we were doing anything that was any type of controversial issue, I would feel really great if I got a call from one side saying mm-hmm. we were biased. And then two minutes later, a call came in from the other side saying we were biased. Then I would always say, well, oh. we just we just heard from the opposition and they felt the same way. So I feel like I did a pretty good job. Then. <laughs> but yeah, That's it's a good way uh, to look at it. Yeah, it's just... It it's just so hard it's, and it's getting harder every day. I think the lines get blurred between uh, well, between business and, and personal and there are too many tools out there to, to that are designed to help you help bring visibility, but you have to remember that they're bringing visibility to you in everything that you do. Right. Right. So um, you just have to, you just have to be careful and it's not that your opinions don't matter. Uh, but you just have to know when they when they really do when 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 they are going to make a difference. 
Well, and for me personally, you know, I told you earlier about how I used to feel weird about personally inviting people onto my, you know, my clients onto my Facebook page. Mm -hmm. I look at all of my social media outlets now as brand Mm -hmm. and I don't, don't, don't go there really on anything unless it's a local or statewide issue. Mm -hmm. If I, I have definite opinions, I'm probably one of the most opinionated people that you know. But when I have a moment where I'm like, oh my gosh, I just can't take it. I don't go to my keyboard. I pick right. up my phone and I call you or I call mm-hmm. one of my, you know, similar, similar minded friends mm-hmm. and just have a moment. And then I, it passes, but I'm just not, I'm not willing to share that much of my life mm-hmm. personally, politically, religiously, any of that. Like it's, this is my life and that's my brand. And I've really worked hard to kind of separate that. You know, and you have to be careful too on your personal page of somebody else's opinions getting, you know, somebody else commenting on something that you post and bringing down your brand if you are if you're operating off of a personal page and you have a a healthy conversation about something and then somebody just starts posting their opinions. I mean, that, that reflects on you because you're connected to them. I've deleted it. Yeah. I think a lot of people do. I, quite honestly, that's why I don't post a lot because I have had some people who just kind of take it. Yeah. This is not a debate. Like this is a picture of my cat, you know? (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) It's, well, you know, and I, I am all about respecting someone's right to an opinion, but sometimes uh-huh. I don't, I don't really need to hear why you feel that. Well, I, this didn't happen online, but it happened with a, a friend of mine who, uh, who feels a certain way about certain issues. And uh, we were talking about, uh, no kidding, we were talking about a guacamole recipe. Okay. I have, I have a really simple guacamole recipe. You take it. Ooh, like heaven. Yeah, ripe avocado, you smash it up, you squeeze half a lime in there, a half, you know, a juice from half a lime and a little bit of salt. That's it. And I call it naked guacamole because it doesn't have anything else in it, but it's so good. Anyway, I was discussing this recipe with this friend and within 10 seconds or less of me telling him the final thing to put in the guacamole, this conversation about guacamole (laughs) had shifted to a very hot button political issue, very hot button. And I was sitting there, this fortunately didn't happen online, but I was sitting there with kind of wondering how, how did did this just happen? Like, I don't want to be in this discussion. I was just sharing my guacamole recipe. But like that quickly, something triggered in his head that made him think about something that caused him to just blurt out his opinion on this hot hot button issue. And I was thinking, I don't, I'm not, okay, I'm walking away now. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So it's a crazy, crazy time. It really is. And I hope that as the pandemic lifts, and we're all able to go back to some sense of normal. I mean, never, I don't think anything is going to be the way that it was. No. But if we can all go places again mm-hmm. and interact face to face, maybe some of this online vitriol will just. Yeah. People are just mean sometimes. Yeah. You know? I don't get it. Mean. And I even catch myself 
or I used to, cause I really don't do a lot of this, the personal Facebooking anymore, but, um, catch myself getting ready to say something that I'm like, what, what am I doing? Like, why would I do this? Why would I add <laughs> fuel to the fire? Why would I get involved? I have a couple of groups that I'm involved in on Facebook that I monitor and um, occasionally interact like with. Like the women of Wobizzle. Yes, exactly. Like the women of Wobizzle. No controversy there. It's all None. good information and Great relationship information. building. But I have a couple of, um, they're actually food related. Uh, I won't mention the names because I don't want to disparage their brands, but um, food related groups. And somebody was discussing, uh, somebody was asking a question. A lot of times people will ask really basic newbie questions because they're not cooks. They don't know, they don't know what to do. So they go to the group right. and they ask and what a great way to crowdsource and uh, information and get, and get good information. And somebody posted a question about something and immediately everybody jumped in to help except for one person, one guy who was just like, well, I don't even know why you'd blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, what, how did you help lift that person up? You know, right. like, how do they were asking a question? They're trying their brand new, their brand new cook. They don't know how to do this. Why would you just judge them for not knowing? And I guess some people are just wired that way. You know, when they well, get online, they just want to correct people or make people feel bad about themselves. I don't know. <laughs> it's like my grandmother used to say, Melissa, if you don't have anything nice to say, you shouldn't say anything at all. Like, when did we lose that basic principle? When did we lose mm-hmm. that? If somebody asks for help or asks for advice, that doesn't mean you just go whack them off at the knees. That means you, if you don't yeah. have any advice to offer them, you just move on. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I saw this uh, play out actually in a beautiful, beautiful way uh, on Thanksgiving, the Thanksgiving Eve. So uh, I was looking up a sweet potato casserole recipe because I you weren't the only one. Yeah. <laughs> I cooked, uh, I cooked, I cooked our meal and then delivered it to our elderly uh, aunts and uncles. But um, so I'd never done the sweet potato casserole before because the elderly aunt has always provided that for dinner. But since we were delivering instead of meeting in person, I, I was making everything. And uh, so I look it up on foodnetwork.com and uh, I might have to bleep that out. Do we have to bleep that out? (laughs) Foodnetwork.com is not a sponsor of the Wobizzle podcast. However, they're more than welcome to be. They are. They are. <laughs> anyway, so it's the night before Thanksgiving or the day before Thanksgiving. And this probably nobody has looked at this recipe since this time last year, right? It's not well, a call for sweet potato casseroles. No. no. There were all kinds of like comments coming in, you know, in the review section, basically, but people asking questions. And some of the questions were made me laugh because they were, some of them were like, oh, you don't have any idea what you're doing. Because because this year, because of the pandemic, a lot of people found themselves cooking that normally would have gone somewhere else to have their meal. So there were people asking questions that were really, really, like I was worried about them. (laughs) Like, like, I got to love them because I couldn't boil water when I got married the first time. Anyway, yeah. Well, and so, but what I loved about it was everybody came and helped. 
You know, oh, I love that. nobody, nobody made fun of them. I mean, I was like laughing, giggling in my mind, but I wasn't going to be like, what are you a dum-dum? You know, because, <laughs> <I wasn't gonna, laughs> because you're, I mean, they were asking for help, you know, they were trying to do this thing they'd never done before and they were panicked about it. And, and uh, yeah, it was really interesting that everybody, it was, be, it was a beautiful thing. And so I think just because of the nature maybe of that platform and, what people were doing at the time, it it made that crowd kind of come together and help each other. And, and I'm sure it doesn't always happen on that website. You know, I'm sure there's occasionally somebody who's snarky in their comments. But I, what right. I've been seeing, I think, is that there's more when you have a group of people with like um, like interests. So like the sweet potato casserole recipe, everybody was interested in it, that they're more willing to come together and leave the politics at the door. So you right. find these groups like the women of Wobizzle on Facebook, when you find a group that has, has like interests, then I think that you are a little bit, it feels safer than just kind of out there floating around on Facebook. Find your tribe. Yes. Find, find your, your tribe, tribe and don't ask questions about politics. Right. Or religion or the great pumpkin or the great pumpkin. So I think that's going to do it for us today. Are you a member of our groups, the women of Wobizzle? We have a group on Facebook and LinkedIn. We'd love to have you join us in either or both places. Join us in both places. The more the merrier. huh? Yes. Also head over to Wobizzle.com. That's W-O-B-I-Z-Z-L-E.com to sign up for our move forward Monday email list Every Monday, we send you a tip to help you move forward with your business. Until next time, keep moving forward. You've got this.